Thanks, Henry. Um, from my side, welcome. This was wonderful. Did you enjoy it? Yeah. Enjoy it. It's, it's lovely. You can sometimes just stand here and just soak in the presence of God and it will impact you. It's nothing that changes us like the presence of God. Truth is phenomenal. Now, when we hear truth, it's phenomenal. It's, it has tremendous power, but oh, God in his presence. What can surpass God in his presence? So I just feel I want to pray from my side. Um, I wanted to make a joke, but it's almost like the moment I took the mic, something else took over, and I feel like I've got to go deep quickly. So I feel the Lord's got something that he wants to share from his heart, and it's so, it, it came so through the threads of the prophetic words and even prayer time. So let's pray. Let's, let's just honor him before we speak the word or reveal his heart. Our Lord, how wonderful you are. How wonderful you are. We've not deserved this morning. We've not deserved the ability to be able to hear you. We didn't deserve the ability to say how we feel about you. That conviction to come upon us. Even the, the grace to rise up and say, I want to go to the gathering of God's people. We didn't deserve it. But you gave it. You gave it. Because you're a good God. You're a faithful God. You're loving. You're beautiful. You're steadfast, unshakable, irremovable, irrevocable. People can say what they want to. You will not disappear. You're irrevocable. And then you are mighty. And you are high. High and mighty. So Lord, we want to just declare this is what we feel. This is what we believe in. Amen. So um, I'm going to call Sue forward because she's, she's part of this. And um, just to put you in, in, into the context, um, Sue was in Chile. I think she Sorry? Canada. Okay, why did I think it's Chile? Oh, okay, well, I always got to make a mistake. So now I can make a joke. I told them if the worship goes longer than half an hour, I said, David, you've got to pull the plug at the back because I'm going to preach today. Okay. Anyway, she was in Canada, and um, it's so beautiful. Um, no matter where you are, if you open, the Lord's going to speak to you. And I just want to encourage you guys, no matter where you are, you can be in the wilderness. God will speak to you. You can go through a tough time. If you open, God will use you. So she was there, and she sent a prophetic encouragement, a subtle warning, but an encouragement towards uh, the, uh, the eldership, uh, just concerning what the Lord uh, has upon his heart. So I'm just going to ask Sue to quickly share it as she feels. She's either going to read it or share it off the cuff. Okay. Hi, everyone. It's lovely to see you. <laughs> Thank you. So I was having quiet time in my room upstairs in Canada, watching the beautiful leaves falling, and I just had this vision of these incredible massive waves coming against us. And I was praying, and I was thinking of my church back home, um, and I saw these massive waves. It was like an onslaught wave. You know, they come in sets, wave after wave. I wouldn't call it an attack um, as such, but just the times that we are living in, these massive giant waves, tsunami-type waves that can be destructive, coming against the people. And it is the time that is coming soon. It is even now beginning. Some of you may already be experiencing those big waves and the unsettling of them. 
um, we're going to face huge trials, massive things. But at the same time, there is an increase of God during this time, an increase of his might and power. And I felt there's such, for this season that is coming, for these waves, we need to be found in prayer. There's a deep, intense call from the heart of God to our hearts to come into a place of prayer, to open our homes for prayer. Um, you feel it laid on your heart to suddenly put it, we've got great connect network, put it out there, come, I'm praying. Let's pray into our lost prodigals. Let's pray into people who are suffering. Let's pray into the church that we're taking ground, etc. Sorry, I'm not supposed to say that. <laughs> oh, dear. Yeah, so deeper prayer amongst the people. Um, and God had a response to this. And I just love it because that sounds scary and he brings the settling. And it was Psalm 93 Verse 4, mightier than the thunders of many waters, mightier than the waves of the sea. The Lord on high is mighty. So I have this intense sense we need to lift up the Lord in his might, make his name mighty wherever we go, in our homes, wherever we're working, etc. For this new season, so we can experience his power, so we can know his new mercy every morning. So we're going to find ourselves in a deeper place of prayer, and we need to be spirit-led, led by him. It's a, not a negative thing at all. It's positive. It's a time of power, a manifest power of God, because God is mightier than those waves. Thanks, Sue. Yeah, I think when, when uh, Sue uh, sent through the message and I um, read it, I think what struck me actually was the portion where she said, and God's response was, and it just stuck with me because isn't it true that God always has a response when the enemy moves? And I got, uh, you need to, if, if you know God, you'll know if the enemy comes against you, God has already set something in place to respond. That's the God we serve. That's the one who loves us. That's the one who we love. And I mean, when I went through, I thought, just like, this is almost the most beautiful part. Um, because the Bible says, if the enemy comes against us like a flood, the Spirit of the Lord will lift up a standard against him. It's biblical. God will always respond. And um, it's clear that the Lord is wanting to encourage us. Um, it's, he's definitely wanting to bring a message towards his church. It's nothing new. This is nothing new what's happening. And as we as the elders heard it, there was a great agreement. I remember when the message came through on the WhatsApp, everybody was saying, yes, yes. We actually asked each other questions who are going through challenges. And everybody could respond. We could associate with it. So we knew that the lover of our soul, the head of the church, is speaking to the church in Dunville AM. And um, we felt it necessary to intentionally just turn in that, that, that direction. So I was prepped actually for a totally different topic. And uh, on, I think it was Wednesday morning, I don't know where Kev is now, there is. Wednesday morning I, I had an intense dream where I felt the Lord speak to me. And this message of um, the Lord who is mighty and the Lord is on high just stuck with me. And I had a dream concerning my daughter that I will share later as part of, of the fleshing out of this word. And um, I woke up and uh, I was so reminded of um, the Apostle Paul uh, speaking in Ephesians 6. 
And he speaks to the church in Ephesus. Uh, most of you will know the scripture. He speaks to the church in Ephesus very specifically and because they've been going through domestic challenges. You know, they've been going through relational challenges. It's either masters to bond servants or children to parents. They were waves and tsunami waves were hitting them on a domestic front. They were going through things. And in, in Ephesians 6, he was giving them basic instructions from verse 1 to 10. Just giving them basic stuff. And then suddenly, in verse 11, he goes into a different gear. And he says, finally. So you need to do this X, Y, and Z. And then he says in verse 10, finally, become strong in the power of God's might. And that's, and I'll read, the, I'll read the scriptures just now, but I, I just want to bring you into my context. I, and and it, it's almost like that word came and rested upon me. And the more I wanted to focus about healthy spiritual times with God, which is pivotal, I couldn't shake this word. And I phoned Kevin, um, and I said, Kevin, I think it was Thursday morning, I feel it's going to be extra on me now, but I feel the Lord is wanting to speak this word because he's prophetically encouraging us, but he's wanting eldership to bring direction and how and what must we do now. What is the Lord asking? Because it's this, in the same sense, I was reminded of, of Joshua when the Lord said, he said, listen, so the first word is, I am mighty, I am high. And he says to Joshua, I will give you the city. But he didn't leave it there. He didn't just leave it at a promise and this beautiful positive word. He also added direction, and he said to Joshua, but this is the way you're going to take it. So the Lord is mighty, but we still need to align ourselves with God. And this is, a, Jonah, the word that you brought now, such a strong confirmation concerning this. Because God is all those things, but if God is here and we are here, we are not in alignment with what the Lord is wanting to do. And as high and as mighty as the Lord is, because he is, so far away can we be from him in the experiencing and the fleshing out of the power of God's might. And so what I'm going to share with you is very practical. I'm first going to set it up, and, but bring through the practical stuff because it's wonderful to get a prophetic utterance or people saying, but the Lord's going to do that for you and the Lord's going to show you that and the Lord's going to use you for that. But we all know, everybody that's gone down that road, knows it lies on the other side of you needing to take a step out of the boat when the Lord says, come. And you needing to take an action, and we needed to take an action. Myself and Anel needs to take an action, and the eldership team needs to take an action, the comm group needs to take an action. Because on the other side of the action, there is the power of God's might. And that's, that's the challenge for the church. It's not just to live in the revelation of how great is our God but it's to live in the demonstration because we are obedient to the living word and we are submissive to the living word and we lay our lives down for the living word. Why? So that he can be high and lifted up on the earth. So people can see in your marriage. They can see in your character. They can see, not your gifts. They see the Lord. They see the Lord. The gifts is just a byproduct. It's just a way to a means. But ultimately, it's to see the Lord. And um, if you can put up that scripture for me, please. I think um, just to, I want to give you two pictures if you can look at me quickly. So we've got Psalm 93 on this side. 
Your right, my left. Where he says, the Lord is high and is lifted up. And then we've got Ephesians 6 on the side where he says, He is, but you need to become strong in the power of God's might. So he is that, but we are not it. We're not it. We do not have that might. We need to align with that might. We need to come under that might. In everything that you do, if you align with what the Lord is saying, the power of his might will begin to manifest in your life. And it will look different and be different for each and every one of us. So remember song where the Lord is saying, okay, Sue, go tell the leadership or go give it to them, saying, this is who I am. There are waves coming. Okay, Lee, now bring direction how they can come under that might. Go tell them, this is what I want them to do. This is the way the walls will fall. When the waves come, I want you to do this. When the waves rise, I want you to do this. And then the manifest might of God will be seen. So how? How do we become strong in the power of God's might? Well, if we read Ephesians, let's read it. Finally, be strong in the Lord and in the strength of his might. Put on the whole armor of God. Just to bring attention, um, Barry, just to honor you, we, when we had our elders meeting on Friday morning, you, when we spoke about this as an eldership, to say, but okay, are we going to go to the right? Are we going to obey the Lord? And everybody said yes. I believe everybody said yes. And you mentioned something, and you said it's just important that we realize this is not our ability. We can do it. We're putting key number one to key number seven in place. It is the Lord. And you were so right. Because this is what he's actually saying. Become strong in the power of God's might. It's God that's going to do it. Yet there's a component of Peter needing to get out of the boat. Remember, Peter needed to get out of the boat. Jesus didn't pull him out of the boat. Jesus said, come. Peter needed to take the step. Say, Lord, okay, I will do what you say, but you be the grace that let me walk on the water. So we do have a partnership with God, but it's on the other side of his leadership. It's on the other side of his instruction. It's not, God, I want to do this, blessed. It's God, what do you want me to do? I know it will be blessed. It's on the other side of God leading the way. So Ephesians says, thanks guys. So finally be strong in the Lord and in the strength of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the schemes of the devil. For the floods are coming. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the cosmic powers over the present darkness, against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly places. Therefore, take up the whole armor of God, that you may be able to stand or withstand in the evil day. And having done all, to stand firm. Stand therefore, having fastened on the belt of truth, and having put on the breastplate of righteousness, and as shoes for your feet, having put on the readiness given by the gospel of peace. In all circumstances, take up the shield of faith, with which you can extinguish all the flaming darts of the evil one. And take the helmet of salvation, the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God. Praying at all times, Sue, in the Spirit, with all prayer and supplication. And then he goes on, and where he says, you've got to endure at the end. And as I was going through these scriptures, sensing that the Lord is wanting to bring counsel. Now, this is not a new scripture. It's not a new strategy. It's an old strategy. 
But it's new for us now because the Spirit of the Lord is now working and unctioning on it. So I think the danger of the scriptures is too well known. So we can almost, the, I won't be surprised if the if our people here sitting or reading say, oh, it's the armor of God, man. That's the armor of God. I know the armor of God. You can know it, but if you don't flesh it out under instruction, you're in trouble. If you know it, but you don't flesh it out because it says, do it this way, do it now, do it so long, you might miss a portion of the power of God's might manifesting in your marriage and manifesting in your singleness and manifesting in your leadership. So as known as it is, it's, forgive me for the saying this, it's only a truth. We need the Spirit of the Lord to breathe upon it and breathe upon us to link onto it and say, we hear you saying, do it and do it now. And as we go and as we move and as we dare to do and follow our King, the power of His might, the might where He's lifted up on will come upon us because we are in the shadow of the Almighty and we are in that secret place where we move from the left to the right under the instruction of the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. And it's not only our Savior then, He's then our Master, the King of the world. And to live in that place, that's living under the rulership of the Most High God. And there, 10,000 will fall on your one side and 1,000 on the other side. Nothing will touch you. Why? Because you are where God is to be found. You're in your home, you're in your marriage, but you and your marriage and your children and everything you have and everything that you do are to be found where God has led you to be. There and there alone you are safe. There and there alone the grace of God will abound at no other place. And this is why the other word of faith, I need you, it's almost like I need you to live supernaturally. Why? Because we cannot take steps to advance the kingdom and build a healthy church. We can only do it if the Lord says so, and only when the Lord says so, and how the Lord says we need to do it. Otherwise, we will boast and say, but look what we've built, Nebuchadnezzar. Look what I've built. And the Lord will then say, but then I will take this rule away from you. And so how? How do we become strong? In the power of his might, in the strength? Well, we have to deliberately apply his strategy. Deliberately. And I believe as, as one of the elders in, in uh, Justin AM, in Justin, that the Lord has given a very specific strategy for the time ahead. Again, it's an old strategy, but it's one whom the Spirit says, this is now applicable for now, for the season coming. So for the next few months, if you feel a wave hitting your parenting, and you feel a wave hitting your calm group, now this is now giving direction concerning who the Lord says he is and how to be with him, how to align with him. If you feel a wave hitting your marriage, if you're feeling a wave hitting your finances, or your, the way you lead, or just being in singleness, then you need to realize that the Lord had a response. And his response is, I want you, although it's old news, I want you to deliberately take up my armor. Take up my armor and do what it represents. And I know the Lord will also give other living instructions as each household or individual walks. God will, in his personal love relationship, bring extra dimensions, which I don't see 
We might not see it. But he's giving a corporate direction, saying, listen, I've got everything in place. I've got this. The waves that are coming, it's mighty. I mean, when Sue said it, it's huge. It's tsunamis. I thought, okay, that's encouraging. That's encouraging. But listen, the Lord is high and mighty, mightier than the waves. But we need to come under his wing. And we do it by obeying him. Obeying him. By following his leadership. And when he speaks, we say, yes, Lord. And he's saying, corporately, I want you guys to just look at my armor again. And the armor, I just want to say this. The armor is not a dress up. Play dress, playing dress up. If you're a baby, I thought about my children this morning. When they were babies, it was lovely for them to dress up, and it was fine. I think it's fine for the Lord if you say, Lord, I'm putting out the helmet, putting on the breastplates of righteousness. If that is your proportion of faith for then, God will say, I see you, and I see your faith. But when you become a child, and you grow up, and you become a son, and you become a daughter in the house, and you become a father and a mother, then you get to a place where you don't play dress up anymore. Okay, Lord, I'm putting on the helmet of salvation. I'm going to go out today. You get to a place where you walk it out. You walk out parenthood. You're not, not dress up in mom, being a mom and dad. You are a father. You are a mother. Meaning you carry those weights. You live out those responsibilities. It's the same with God's armor. Most of us, most of us here should be in a place where when we walk, we're walking out that specific strategy, and not dressing up. And if you dress up and you're supposed to walk it out, you will be weak at this moment in time in your life. But it can shift, and I believe the Lord wants to shift it today. So just to walk it out quickly with you, um, you guys still here? It's all right. Can I go through it? So um, the first one is, so how do we become strong? By deliberately, deliberately operating it. So the first one is this. I'm going to read it to do it justice. Otherwise, I don't want to miss a trick on what the Lord is wanting to say. So the belt of truth. We deliberately take up the armor by deliberately operating in truth towards all people concerning everything within every area of our life. Truthfulness such as we are honest, sincere. We are really who we say we are. We are authentic self, meaning you're not trying to be somebody else. We have pure intentions and motives and not false and hypocritical. Now the Lord says, listen, there are waves coming in every area, but I want you to do this. I want you to be honest and sincere. I don't want you to be hypocritical. I want you to be, when you say yes, your yes is yes, and your no is no, you are in the truth. And the moment we flesh out that truth, especially now that the Spirit said, this is what I want, that's the moment that the power of His might will come upon us. And where he is high and mighty and we will move under him. If you live the lie, you'll be weak. I'll be weak. Although he's strong and mighty and ready to resist those waves, I'll be weak until I say, sorry, Lord, I've been dishonest in this area. Even in our worship, I want to say this. He says the true worshipers will worship in spirit and in honesty and sincerity, not some, being something else which they are not. They are here, and when they say, say, I love you, Lord, they are loving the Lord. When they say, I lift my hands, they are lifting up. There's a power that comes upon us when we operate in that honesty and sincerity. Or either, our worship is weak. Okay, 
So that's the first one. And I remember, I'm trying to give you practical examples, but I don't want to go over my time too far, but this is critical for the next four months. When whatever happens in the church life, we need to be in truth. Even if it means you need to take somebody with you, you need to come into the open so that the power of his strength, the strength of his might can come upon you. And um, I just want to... Yeah, I remember when I got saved, but, well, I actually returned to the Lord 25 26, 27 years ago. And uh, I was a big operator in sinful world. And I don't want to mention too many things. I see there's kids here, younger generation. And um, in the sense, I remember I went to my buddies. I was, big, I was very much in sport, and I went to my buddies, and I said, okay, serving the Lord now, finishing claw. And they took a bet, all of them, and said, give Lee three months. Give him a month. It's been 26, 27 years back to the Lord. And I'm, yeah, thank you. And I married most of them after that. And they're still married, thank God. And um, I remember how one evening they would, you know, they were two weeks later. You know, it's always two, first two weeks is nice. And then suddenly the test and the challenges come. You know, um, and evil begins to, he wants to pull you back in. And they would try and say, hey, Lee, come, let's, let's go out tonight. And um, I would say, ah, you know what, I'm tired. And they say, no, man, we're just going to go for two hours. And I would say, you know what, um, I don't have transport. They said, don't worry, I'll pick you up. Yeah, I don't have money. Don't worry, we'll buy. And at one stage, I said, you know what, I don't live that way anymore. And they said, okay, it's all right. That's the power of truth. That's the power of being honest. That's when the power of God's might come upon you and it helps you to stop the waves that break against you. Until I got to a place where I spoke the honest truth, the enemy would continue to probe my heart. Okay. Secondly, the breastplate of righteousness. So we take up, we become strong in the power of God's mind by deliberately taking up the breastplate of righteousness towards all people, everything, at all times. Meaning the following. Do what is morally and ethically right and good in the eyes of God. Do what is morally and ethically right. Not only out there, in here, in your marriage, in your parenting, in every area, if the power of God's might is going to become strong upon us, we need to make sure that we deliberately do what is morally and ethically right. For that is the way how we align ourselves with God, because we serve a righteous God. God loves us. You know, I love my children. But if they're going to do something wrong, I'm not going to align myself with them. I'm going to get them to align themselves with me. Me and my house, we will serve the Lord. It's not me and my children will do theirs, their way. So, Niva Lihander Christian, this is the way Dad leads in this house. Because this is what the Lord asked me to do. And I remind my kids, when they struggle with the things we want to do, which is okay, it's normal, I struggled with it. I remind them of Eli, and they know the story of Eli, who was a wonderful priest of the Lord, but Eli did it his kid's way. And we always focus on Samuel, but we forget that God said Samuel, he sent him to Eli to give him a very specific message concerning his fatherhood. We said to him, go to Eli and say to Eli, he's allowing his sons to do what they want to. 
And because he's doing that, he will die. And so will his sons. How big is that? So my children know, if they bring something, if they bring me a wave, I'm going to bring a standard. And the standard is this. Do you want God to come to dad and say to me, Lee, did you forget Eli? Do you want God to remove that? Because you guys are supposed to be there in the Lord, and I'm not playing my part. And as much as he loves me, he also loves you. And they would say, Nepal, near. Okay. But they'll try tomorrow again, because that's the nature of a child. <laughs> they'll do it. Okay. But isn't that our nature? Because God, we God's children, we also do it. So live morally right. And if you're not doing it, come into the truth so that his might can come upon us. Um, thirdly, the shoes of readiness of the gospel of peace. So by deliberately operating in peace and reconciliation towards all, concerning everything, every area, always. Be a peacemaker. Be a reconciler. Now listen to this. This is vital. Be saved or reconciled to God. Lead others to be saved. Live reconciled to God. Be reconciled with all people, if humanly possible, as far as humanly possible. Help others to be reconciled with God and help others to be reconciled with each other. This is practically what needs to happen. We can say God is great and God is high and mighty. But if we sit here in the church and in our comm groups and in our leadership relationships and wherever we are in our marriages, and we are not fleshing out, being peacemaking and reconciling with one another, there's a lack of God's might not flowing on our lives, on our marriage in those areas. And God is saying, waves are coming, but don't worry, I've got it. But what I want you to do is align with doing things my way. I need you to live in righteousness, I need you to be a peacemaker. Lord, but we're not wrong. I know, but I want you to be a peacemaker. I remember I have a buddy, he's been in ministry about a few years longer than I was, and we would always have this situation where we have a disagreement, and I would always find myself going to him and saying, sorry, sorry, Choma. And one day I got fed up with this. I said, Lord, why must I say sorry? The Lord said to me, I felt the Lord say to me, Lee, I speak to both of you, but I want the one who hears me to go. Why? Because peace and reconciliation is much more important to God than us being right. Because he has the ministry of reconciliation upon his shoulders. And that is what he will do. He will put you in situations where he will even test your heart. And allow people to do things and say things about you which is not true. And then he'll ask you to go to them and say, sorry if there's anything I did. Why? Because he wants the power of his might upon your life. And the only way it's going to happen is if you follow the call where he says, come. Go. And the kingdom advances and a healthy church goes from one degree of glory to another. Okay. Thanks, guys. And the shoes of the readiness of peace. This one is so important. I mean, I'm challenged with this one and always been because my, I'm very, you know, for justice and righteousness. So one of the things that I know challenges me, if somebody comes in and they do something and I think, but I've not deserved this. Then, then the flesh arises and I uh, someone want to pan and beat the guy. 
in the early days. Yeah, yeah. And uh, but the lust is poor. It's it's poor. It's not good. But over the years, the Lord said that will never be your way. Your way will always be the way of meekness. Meekness will always be your teacher when you are in a situation. When you feel they're doing you in, I will ask you to stand up and do what is right. You can ask my wife. She's a witness. How difficult it can become sometimes. But I know the Lord said, my teacher will always be meekness and then righteousness and peace. So the shield of faith is to deliberately operate in a genuine faith relationship with God towards everybody. Now listen to this. The shield of faith is to keep your trust in God. Keep your eyes on God and your expectations and your confessions. Keep it in God. Keep on expecting and confessing that which God has said to you personally and in general as within the written word. So what he said to you in the spirit and he took you the word and said, this is what's going to happen. Stay there. And he actually says, above all, I want you to stay in faith. I want you to stay in that supernatural place. We don't reason things out because you have that reasoning faculty that's very strong in your life. Or you don't emotion it out because I've give, blessed you actually with that. I want you to follow me. I want you to be in faith. And um, just a practical, practical example is, um, I remember I got married when I was 38 years old. I'm 51 now. Waited long. Was in ministry for a long time, very alone. But I had a word. I had a shield of faith. Where one night in a dream, an angel of the Lord came to me and he said, Lee, I will give you a beautiful wife and you will have children. And as the years went on, when it became difficult, and when I would sit alone at home and cry, say, God, what's going on? I'm alone. It's tough. I need to remain in righteousness, God. I had a shield that I could lift up and say, but the Lord said, the Lord said. And as I would do it, grace will arise. What is that grace? It's the strength of his might coming upon me because I've now shifted and aligned with him. And God has spoken to all of you. And if he hasn't, he will because he's a God of faith. Meaning this. Oh, not this. Okay, Lord, I'm going to believe it. Meaning he'll come to you and he'll tell you things concerning yourself. And he will say, hang on to this. So when the fiery darts come, you lift up what the Lord has said. You lift up what the Lord is saying in scripture. Especially those scriptures, the spirit unctioned in your spirit. Because those are the ones for you for now, for the season ahead. It's got a timing factor in it now. Okay. Um, beginning to land, helmet of salvation. So we got to flesh out deliberately operating with the God or the godly thought intake concerning people, concerning everything, every area of our life. The helmet of salvation is this. It's when you deliberately watch what you allow your brain to think. It's the spirit of your mind, it's your heart. So, and God says, I want you to do the following. In the next few months, when things rise up and it's not looking like it should, watch what you think. Watch what you allow in. If you pick up something and it's not from me, I want you to reject it like Jesus did. When Satan said, come, do that. Jump. And Jesus said, no, because this is what the scripture says. He was guarding his heart. And I just want to say, I, I didn't plan this, but God created us this way. He specifically gave us the spirit of, the, of our mind, our heart, in such a way that everything God wants to do, 
He will first speak to us, or through, either through others or personally, and speak to us through the spirit of our mind. He'll speak to our hearts. Because the Bible says, guard your heart above all. Because out of, out of that flows the issues of life. Everything comes out of it. So God will come and say, Esther, this is what I want to do for you. This is what it will look like. And it enters your heart, the spirit of your mind. And if it sits here, the issues of life will begin to evolve according to that seed that God planted. But Satan works the same. Because he did it with Eve in the garden where he said, Eve, did you know you can be as wise as God? What was he doing? He was planting an unrighteous seed, creating an unrighteous faith expectation. It was an ungodly intake. And it led to certain actions. So what should we do? As the waves come, watch what you're thinking. Be very deliberate under whose influence you are. Who are you allowing to influence you concerning the way of God and healthy church and kingdom? Who? The elders? Some of the deacons? Your congroup leaders? Or anybody out there? The Lord says this. Put on the helmet of salvation. Be deliberate. Watch what you think. Godly intake. Fight it. Um, I just want to see if there's a practical example. I want to save time. Um, yes. Yes, please come. I just like, on, on, on that with a thought, I just felt like, share this quickly. Maybe this is your practical that you were looking for. A couple of months ago, I felt Stacy wasn't, wasn't on my side. Just randomly. Because we were going through like, Stacey must sort out the kids and I must do stuff for myself. Stacey must do this and she's, she's not helping me in the morning with the kids and whatever. And all of a sudden I started feeling like, hey, I'm on my own here. Stacey's not helping me. Until someone said, listen, how's things with your marriage? And God revealed to me that I started believing a lie in my thoughts. Because of but forgetting how much she's actually doing. And I had to repent and go to the Lord again and say, listen, God, I'm sorry for even thinking that. Because it was never what she was actually doing. And it was never what I actually really thought. But in my thoughts, that was a, a seed that was planted until God revealed it. And I was like, yo, Lord, I'm sorry. And then I need to repent to her as well. Because there was something that I then started um, putting in between the two of us, saying, no, I'm on my team and she's on her team type of thing. And that's never the, the case. God is always into unity with, with marriage and stuff. Yeah, oh, that's a lie of the devil. That's what it is. And flesh wanting that. I want to switch something quickly. Just I want to, end off the, I want to mention the last one and then end off with righteousness. And um, just pray because, I mean, it's so pivotal. Um, we, we, we become strong by the power of his might by deliberately operating in active spiritually prayer life. He ends off and he, he says there, um, so pray at all times in the spirit with all prayer and supplications. And for me, just simply it means whether you are in a group or whether you are, you are alone, open your heart that the Lord is giving a guideline for the time ahead, that we'll specifically in our quiet times with the Lord pray into the areas of our life. Pray in, pray. You say, but I'm not a big prayer warrior. You don't need to be a big prayer warrior. You just need to listen what the Lord says. That will make you an effective prayer warrior. Actually, it will make you a righteous prayer warrior. The righteous prayer. Okay. 
And, and, and I, I want to put it there because you might feel that, okay, Lord, I'm, I'm not a big person that intercedes. Uh, there are people with that gift, but everybody are called to pray. And you don't need to do the heart lifting. It's Christ that will do it. You know, there are days that I really don't love God. There are days that I don't hunger and thirst after God. Because I'm, I'm human, I'm frail, I'm flesh. But I've learned one thing. If I ask him to put his love in me for him, three days later, four days later, something in me yearns. I want to be where he is. And that's what the Bible teaches. It says, for it's God who wills within you to will and to do for his good pleasure. Otherwise, we're going to say, look at the great prayer ministry relationship I have. That's the beginning of the fall. Okay? And then lastly, and I'll end off with the dream with Neva, is, is to deliberately operate um, by continuing to seek and adhere to the living word of God based on the biblical word of God. That for me is the sword of the spirit. So it's in practical terms, when he says, I want you to take up that sword, it's actually saying, I want you to deliberately say, Lord, what are you saying? What are you saying, God? Should we go to the left, Lord? Should we go to the right? Should we go on holiday, Lord? Or should we stay? Should we go, Lord? Um, should we ask, Lord? Or should we just be quiet, Lord? Why? Because if he says, be quiet, it means he's busy with something that we cannot see, but the power of his might will flow down because we are aligning with him. If he says, be quiet, and you say, but it's common sense to ask, you will miss the strength of his might, the one who's on high. It's key. It's key. If Jesus said to Peter, it's me, but don't come, and Peter said, but it's you, I'm coming, he would have been in trouble. It had to be Specific, the sword of the Spirit, what is he saying, founded on what he has said. It's key. It's key for the rule and reign of God to be established in your heart and through us and to build this healthy church. A marriage is built on the foundation of God's ways in his Bible. But we need the word of the Spirit daily, monthly, yearly to say, what do you say? What must we change? Because who sees? Does the truth see? Or does the spirit see and search the heart of God? It's the spirit that sees. So we need him to tell us what we need to do based on what the Father has already said. It's key. It's not that far away. It's not a difficult thing. It's just saying, Lord, speak. Speak, Lord, I'll follow. And if you battle to follow, be like the person in the Bible that said, I believe. But help me in my unbelief. Give me the grace to follow you. Because I'm stumbling, I'm struggling. But you'll be a great testimony once the grace starts firing up and you just respond to it. Okay, and I end up with this dream. I had, this is the dream that actually activated everything. So worship team, you can, can I say that? You know, worship team, you can come forward, please. I just want to submit myself here under the mighty hand of God. And um, I had a dream at 2 o'clock on Wednesday morning. And in a dream, I was... I was we were at the beach and there were rocks. I think it was the beach. And I saw this huge boa, this constrictor snake, a beautiful thing. Now, I don't like snakes, but it was a beautiful thing. 
And as I looked at it, somebody was on my left-hand side, one of the elders. And I looked at it and I said to him, Jesus, look how beautiful that thing is. And I said to him, but watch out. This thing will kill you. And uh, I stood there and I started walking uh, in a certain direction. And as I walked, I heard screaming and a shouting. And the people said, Lee, come. It's, it's got Neva, my daughter. Come. And in that moment when I heard it, I remembered there was a drawer in our house, and, we, and it had a lot of knives and pangas and you know, like swords. And I ran, and I grabbed a lot of them, and I ran. And while I was running, I thought, I'm going to use one of these sharp knives or swords. And I'm going to cut this thing apart. And I made fat. And when I got to her, she was constricted. You know, when you see a child on a sick bed, and you look in their eyes, you see vulnerability. And I looked at my daughter and I, I could see she's struggling. She's been constricted. And I thought to myself, and I said to Neva, Papa, I'm going I'm to kill this thing now, but I want you to be cautious. And as I wanted to land the first shot, the sword of the Spirit, the Lord said, no, you can't use this sword. You can't. You're going to hurt your daughter. And you know, sometimes we are like that in the church. We got the sword of the spirit and the people come in we don't know where they are where they've been and what they're coming through and all we do is say you got to be saved you got to repent and while we're landing the truths and the sword of the spirit we're doing it in such a way that we're cutting those in god love apart and that creates waves people cannot come under and as i was in the dream I came out and I was lying in bed and I heard the Lord say to me leave find the head and cut it off but use a small knife and I prayed and I said okay Lord I'm ready I'm nervous because I know again okay something is coming because the sword of the, the, the spirit never speaks unless it's necessary you know I've also learned when God doesn't warn me it means he knows I can handle it when he warns me he knows I cannot. Meaning I have to obey. And um, I woke up and we went through our morning. Neva was on her way to school. She drives with me and I've got to uh, go ahead of my wife. And Anel and Neva had a disagreement. Now I'm waiting in the car. And Neva came in and she's not happy. And I spoke to her and I, I said to her, what's wrong? And she said, this happened. Um, something happened in the kitchen. And Anel has a lot on her. I do help her. I just want to say that. I, do, I am a team player. I am a team player. Um, but I have my responsibility. And then I need to go. Otherwise, we're going to be late. And um, Anel didn't show enough affection. And in that moment, Neva took offense. Now she took offense... Her heart became hard. She came and she said, she cried. And I said, Neva, what's going on? Said, yeah, Ma, Ma, did that, Mom didn't do this, didn't do that. And I, and I sat and I felt the Lord say, navigate this thing. Don't just send it to school, navigate this thing. And I sat there and I suddenly realized, this is it. I'm not going to take it to school until I sort this thing out. I'm going to get the head and cut it off. And I said, come, let's go inside. She's going to be late. I said, it's okay. And I sort this thing out. Because this thing will constrict you. This thing will kill you. It will get into your heart and it will kill you. And God warned us. 
If it wasn't necessary, God wouldn't warn us. He would have known she would have gotten over it. But he knew she couldn't. She needed a father who listens and a mother who agrees. And I took her in and we started speaking and, and I was navigating the two of them, the two ladies in my life. And there was one stage where I said to Neva, I hear what you're saying. And I said, Anel, I hear what you're saying, but I feel, Neva, you need to look at this. You can over-exaggerate sometimes. And Scudderball, lovey, you know, in English, I feel actually you, were, you didn't have enough empathy with her. You actually, in sincerity, need to say you're sorry. And I said, okay, I'll do it. And she did it. But Neva's heart stayed hard. It didn't shift the heart. The offense stayed. The head was still stuck. And um, I said to her, okay, Neva, you need to let go. You need to forgive mom. She forgave you. And as we walked out, I said, Neva, last chance. Then we have to go. And she stood. This is the manifestation. She stands on the stoop and she said, Ek wil makani. Ek wil makani. And I said to her, I dreamed about you last night. The Lord showed me that the devil is coming for you. And unless you forgive this snake, this deceiver, he will kill you along the line somewhere. If not physically, emotionally. He will cut your relationship with your mom somehow. And she said, Okay, and she walked and she ran in and she grabbed Anel. She hugged her. And that thing broke. But remember, it wasn't, Jy moet het recht maak met jou man. He sought jylle goed uit. It was, offense came in. You need to forgive. And I cut the head off very gently. And she became free. Jumped in the car, dropped her at school. And I could see the light of God in her eyes. What happened? Deliberately aligning with God. Deliberately fleshing out the, the, the sword of the Spirit. What was the sword? The Lord showed in the dream, you cannot fight it with a panga. You need to fight it and cut the head off. You need to do it gently. Okay. That's what the Lord is asking of the church. Now, if somebody looks into the church and they hear the Lord moving this way, they'll begin to feel safe. They will want to live in a boat here. Okay, can I pull? Henry? Henry? I want to pray. Can you maybe stand with me? I want to start off with this, and I'm going to read it again because I want to do justice to what I heard the Lord say. Are you being pounded by waves, maybe now at this moment? One or more of your areas of your life. And this is critical. But you've not yet surrendered your life to Jesus. Because before we do the other stuff, you've got to give your life to Jesus. In order to see why he's asking of you certain things. Unless a man is born again, cannot see, cannot understand why God asks things. So anybody here, just want to pull that net that says, listen, never given my heart to God. Okay, if you are, you can come. Then I want to say, are you being pounded by waves? Maybe it started already as Sue said, as the Lord has said. And you need God to help you align with Him and His might. You need to now come and say, Lord, I'm battling to do things in peace. I'm battling to remain in righteousness. I forget what you've said, Lord. That shield, it always falls on the ground. You're saying, Lord, I need, I need your help there. I want to pray for you. And the elders, 
uh, I want them to pray for you. Can you come forward quickly, please? I feel there's a power of God's might available. I'm going to go up. Okay? Just come forward. Remember, God will not ask us to do something if God has not already had a response. His response is, I need you to do this. And if we do it, He'll give you the grace. That, just believing that is operating faith. Okay? We are a people of faith. We're not going to shrink back when the waves come. So you're battling, but you say, Lord, I'm slipping every time. The Lord said, I want you to grow in this. I want you to become strong. Then there's the second group. You can also join this. It's the group that says, I'm not battling. I'm not battling. I'm fine. Oh, but I don't want to miss. I don't want to miss when He calls me. I don't want to miss that becoming strong in Him. I don't want to miss it when He says, be deliberate about something. If you say that's you, I want to pray for you. Because for some of you, it will be okay now. But there's going to come a moment when the Lord's going to say, raise your shield. Make peace. And if you miss it, you miss your master. Okay. So Lord, you can just raise your hands. Just make it a personal thing. If the, if the elders can maybe just, you know, point your hands towards. And if you want to put your hands on somebody, you're more than welcome. Sorry. And deacons. And deacons. Lord, we hear your word. Like Joshua, where you came and you said, I will give you the promised land. I will give you the cities in the promised land. That's building faith. But then you came and you said, but this is what I ask of you. I ask of you to go around seven days. And the seventh day, seven times. And you came and you said, waves are coming, but I am mighty. I am on high. I am mightier than the waves. But then you came and he said, but you've got to align with me. You've got to do it my way. Deliberately flesh out, operate in my armor. I want to pray your grace upon your people, Lord. Because if not for you, we would have not been saved. We would have not heard. We would have not obeyed. It wasn't us, Lord. It was you. It was the precious spirit of the Lord that came upon us. And today we need that grace to come upon us. An amazing grace. But even better than that, a sufficient grace that will help us to live the life the, the God asks of us. To live the life you ask of us, Lord. Now pray it over these people, over your children, over your sons, over your daughters, over your deacons, over your leaders, God. I pray that your might will rest upon them. Not so that we can say, look how strong we are. But so that we can say, look, Look at the power of God's might. Yesterday I was a loser. Yesterday I couldn't do it. I was a child, but I couldn't. But today I'm well able in the Lord. But yet it's not I, but Christ who lives within me. Lord, may we truly be a city set on a hill. Not because we say so, but because we live so. Is what we pray in Jesus' name. Amen.